Blog Talk Radio. In a valley, on a mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a... Oh, excuse me. I melted in his flame. Amidst the sparks of the flame, I beheld only God. Good morning. Thank you. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I'm here with my co-host, Brian. Brian? Good morning, Mara. Good, Good morning, morning, listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as we let Him teach us to heal. Good morning, Mara. Good morning. Good morning. So how is life treating you down in Southern California this week? Hot and wonderful. You know, it would be nice if you would explain to our listeners why you say wonderful. I think that uh, it's so important that um, we share some of the words we use all the time, and Brian does use the word wonderful to describe his well-being, and I love it. In fact, yesterday I was thinking, I think I'm going to start saying wonderful like Brian. So, Brian, tell us why. Well, is there any other way to look at life? If there is another, if there is another way to look at life, then I tell you to change your outlook, <laughs> because life <laughs> is indeed wonderful in every instance, and it's only our choice to see it otherwise that brings us a different experience. And when we can just allow ourselves to flow with the wonder and beauty that is life, then we will experience the wonderment and the wonderful experiences that come with life. Yeah, I think that for me, Brian, that what I hear in the word is that I am full of one. And to me, the word one represents love or God. Yes. And so I am full of God. And um, it's an empowering concept, you know, that and I think for you too because I'm sure that you told me that and and it's an empowering kind of idea to to say okay you know remind it's a reminder and I think that uh, I can use as many reminders as I as I can find in life that that I am with God always there are times when I forget uh, I think we all forget on occasion, and, and the glory of it is we get a chance to step back on to the realization that we are wonderful. Each and every one of us is full of God. Indeed. And, you and know, you know not, me. Yes. I love to play with words. Yes, I do. I like know. You, <laughs> like you just mentioned, full of one with that word wonderful. I spell the word wonderful, um, capital O. N-E, lowercase d-e-r, capital F-U-L-L. So it's one, four, full of one. Exactly. As as well as, what are kids? Kids are always happy. Kids are always having a Mm -hmm. good time because they're in a state of wonder. And so to me, wonder is the one door to happiness. Yes. 
Yes, yes. And you know, that's what you said a moment ago about kids is just so true. It's interesting as they as they mature, when they when they're born and they come onto this planet, I don't think they have just keep one just one foot on the other side. I think that much of the time they're keeping, you know, a foot and a half, maybe two feet over there. They have no doubt about there being a God. You know, and uh, the remarkable things of coming from their conversations and their thoughts with God, any doubt about God comes from someone raising that doubt in their mind and and also quelling their their connections to the other side because it's quote not within the uh, it's not within the box that most people want to live. Fortunately, I grew up in an out of box family in that regard. And and that makes it easier to to stay connected. But um, my grandson was uh, three years old. He said to me, "Momo, I think I'm a psychic." <laughs> a, a big word for a three-year-old. And I said, "You know what, sweetheart? I'm pretty certain you are a seer." <laughs> And his little sister one time said to me, she was having a conversation with God, and God told her, and this was kind of a sad one, but God told her that everybody didn't need to like her for her to be enough. Very powerful statement for a little three-year-old to be. She was three also. And and yet now each one of those kids, um, the grandson who said he was a psychic, he's He's a real tall boy, and um, everywhere he walks, people are drawn to him, everywhere. And he says, I don't feel like I should ever even go outside the house because everybody wants to talk to me and to touch me. And, And I, you know, it's like, but he's so busy and he's so much a teenager that he's not going to sit down and talk with his Momo about, why all that is happening, you know? And he doesn't deny that he has a foot on the other side. He just doesn't talk about it anymore. He's he's conforming to the box of expectations. And uh, my youngest granddaughter, the same thing. She's um, She used to like to talk to me about all the things that she observed around us, and now she uh, she is starting to think that those things don't make her like everyone else, and so she doesn't like them. And kids start turning it off, but kids are happy because they know, my friends, they know that they are not alone. You know, that God is there with them all the time, and it's something that we tend to forget. I don't care what name you call God. Uh, Allah means God. Yahweh means God. The Divine One means God. Uh, The Great Spirit means God. It does not matter to me. Jesus is a reference to the Son of God. I mean, God is, and I call God love. And the reason I do is because it softens my perspective on, on, and it makes me be more sensitive to how I should act. You know, it makes me more sensitive because that was truly the message of Jesus, was one of love. But it was a reminder to all of us that that's who God is. And for whatever reason, we resist knowing that. We resist knowing that. And I think children are happy, Brian. I agree with you. And they they have opened the door. and Or they have left the door open might be what I would add to that. Is I think they still have the door open. But at some point, right around seven or eight, that door, for whatever reason, starts closing for many people. And uh, we're here to, to leave it open as an adult and in your children. We really are. And today's topic is death, the beginning, and the end. And I don't have Brian on here because when I say join, it says join Mary to talk about accepting death, yours, and others, and making memories. Um, Brian's name is not there because I didn't expect him to be here. Brian, you're doing uh, some exciting things too. Why don't you tell uh, our listeners about why it is that you're sitting in a parking lot on your cell phone talking right now. I'm sitting in a parking lot because I'm going to be teaching a Course in Miracles 
at a local church of religious science in my area. And so I am coming to commiserate and get to become familiar with the members of the church and promote the teaching of the Course in Miracles, which is going to start next Sunday. And so I am kind of feeling two um, responsibilities at the same time, if you will. That's wonderful. That's very good, and I appreciate your doing that. Uh, there was a time, I guess about seven or eight years ago, when someone introduced me to uh, the Course in Miracles. I um, I can't explain why, but I have not been a big reader of stuff, and uh, so I don't want my not having read it and participated in it to influence its value because I will share with our listeners, because I'm going to ask Brian to tell us a bit about it, I will share with our listeners everyone I know who has participated in The Course in Miracles is very like-minded with me. And, and I came one time, an astrologer told me I came with a library in my head. And, and I don't know why, but I, I just instinctively am aware of a lot of things. And that may well have to do with our topic today, too. And please feel comfortable calling in if you want. And Charlotte, we're inviting you, too. The number is 646-595-3584. I came with that library where information is just kind of ignited for me by reading just a few words of a book or something. I suddenly remember things. And to me, that goes with once again with our topic on death because there, my soul, when it comes back, the essence of me that comes back brings with it the experiences and knowledge that that I've acquired because that's part of why I'm here to be talking to you now. So I decided to pack up this life, some of my favorite concepts, some of my favorite life experiences, some of my favorite views and truths about life and love and God. And I packed those up, and I brought them with me when I came back. And, um, but I would like to hear, Brian, please tell our listeners a bit about The Course in Miracles. Well, The Course in Miracles is a book that is designed to help us to undo all of the programming that we have taken on the moment we were born and that took us away from the experience of what we were talking about earlier as the children remember, but only around seven or eight do the, does the programming start to take preference and therefore mm-hmm. cover up the truth of what we truly are and the connection that we truly have with God. And so the book is designed to help us to undo the programming, to get back to the essential essence of the truth of who we are. And once that essence is recognized and experienced fully, once again, then our delusions that we had tried to gloss over the world with go away. And the world and our brothers and spirit is seen for what it truly is. One. Yes. And so we are wonderful. Indeed. And I think this is very on point for our show today that we're talking about on this idea of death. And I'd like to read this one paragraph from A Course in Miracles that speaks on death. Because I think it really aims towards the idea that we're going to share on this show today. And it simply says, death is the central dream from which all illusions stem. Is it not madness to think of life as being born, aging, losing vitality, and dying in the end? We have asked this question before, but now we need to consider it more carefully. It is the one fixed, unchangeable belief of the world that all things in it are born only to die. This is regarded as, quote, the way of nature, end quote, 
not to be raised to question, but to be accepted as the, quote, natural law of life, the cyclical, the changing and unsure, the undependable and the unsteady, waxing and waning in a certain way upon a certain path. All of this is taken as the will of God. And no one asks if a benign creator could will such a thing. Yes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think that before Brian and I started today, we were, sometimes we use different words, so it seems like we're using, we're talking about the same concept. And and that was part of what we were talking about today was the idea that, uh, in part, that our most people are unaware that our human bodies are actually made, uh, could sustain hundreds of years of uh, being occupied by our souls, by our essences. And um, for whatever reason, there's a... And I don't know, Brian, correct me if I'm saying this incorrectly in, in your mind because I don't want to offend your beliefs, but... Um, we, the one thing that is an absolute, my friends, and I think that we see it on the internet, is that we are, are a create, our essence is energy. And the, the soul occupies the human body, but at some point, because of this acceptance, this idea that death is inevitable, and, and it's, it's said to be inevitable at a set time, and and I don't know if that was a product of uh, just populating the planet or what it was that, that caused those times to be set. And, and now they're growing, and we'll note that they're growing. I have a grandpa who lived to 113. I fully expect to live much longer than that. And um, so, but what happens is that he, the human body uh, begins to accept this concept that it must die. And, and there, that's a disconnect between what the soul is because the soul is not keeping the human body alive. The human body is keeping it alive. And the souls, as Brian and I were talking, is fully willing to be there as long as the human body continues to be there. But it's what we get in our heads. It's what we get in our eyes and our minds, and, and we believe that, oh, well, you know, you're old if you live to this age, and you're old if you live to that age. And um, that doesn't necessarily have to be true. And we're looking around us now, my friends, and we're seeing people who are 60 years old who look like people who used to be 40 years old and 35 years old uh, in the past. And and so that goes to show to you, and I'm not talking about because they're having medical treatments done to themselves. And so they're not allowing their mind to become consumed with the concept that death is inevitable or that death at a particular age is inevitable, even if they do nevertheless see that as, as a necessary conclusion. So, Brian, what do you think? Am I, am I catching it right? Am I... Am I missing something here? Well, I would say that you're catching it right, and I would just like to add this one aspect to the whole way of looking at this, because this is where it all stems from, is that the mind is indeed what is the motor behind all of life. And so it's when we are given these beliefs that life lives for so long and then dies, and when you reach a certain age, it's time to settle down and retire and, and live the good life for as long as you can. And all of these are just mindsets that we allowed ourselves to fall into. And to fall into what the majority of people are believing and experiencing is not to say that you're somehow the most evil person on the world, if you would, in the world. No, not at all. Not we at can all. certainly right. choose. We can certainly be outside-the-box thinkers and not agree with an idea that to me, in my mind, and I'll share this with all of you, is to me the experience of death does not seem pleasant in any way, shape, or form, no matter how it's experienced. So I, in my own mind, 
and saying, I do not choose that experience. Now, that might seem like I'm just fooling myself or I'm trying to be saying that, oh, what a wonderful thought to have, but let's get real. I tell you that the mind is what makes up all of our experiences. And it's only in us looking at the world and saying that the world is apart and separate from our mind is the illusion. And when we realize that we make up all of life and all of our experiences, and then the world and our bodies just fall in line with that so that we can make ourselves right, if you will. And so we can choose what ideas and we can choose what beliefs will hold and then experience those things. And there's no limitation to the wonderful experiences that we can experience of who we truly are. And living to be 300 is not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, no. if we look at our history, we would say that in the 8th and ninth centuries and so forth in those ages, that living to 40 was old because yeah. there were so many diseases around that took people's lives. And if you lived to be 60, you were an elder. But, and then we could say, oh, well, technology came in and penicillin came in and but you see all these things that seemed to extend life, and now we say the average lifespan is about 75, and it's growing still. But all of these things, the world, and all of the ways that we're able to extend the life is built on the fact that someone came up with the idea that life should live longer than that. And so penicillin came about because someone had the desire to extend life. And as we start to open our minds up to more and more possibilities of the truth of what we can experience, we will start to experience other things that seem to manifest the experience of longer lives. But in truth, it all stems from the mind. And we can choose right here and right now to live forever in a physical body and never have to experience death because... That's the only experience that we experience in our minds. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then our bodies and the world will give us proof of that belief. Yes, and, and I think that, that there's a, a key component in what uh, Brian is, is talking about uh, today that we all need to keep in mind, and that is that just because there is a popular belief out there held by many, many people about what the natural duration of the human form is does not mean that it has to be your belief. And um, ergo, my great-grandfather living to 113. I mean, you know, obviously he didn't buy into the idea that he should have died in those days uh, 50 years before. And uh, one time I read an interesting article that um, said, that made the point uh, that you should not put a limit on your life because in doing that, you are limiting your life. And so whenever anyone has ever asked me how long I expect to live, I've always said, oh, 50 or more years from now, 50 or more years from now. And I've been saying that forever. And, and I don't fool myself to think that I, I look like I'm a teenager or something, but I recognize that very few people, if asked to guess my age, would guess it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old, and I'm not one bit ashamed to be 60 years old. I'm 60 years old, and I still believe that I have something to contribute to society, and, and um, you know, I'm living a rather active life, very active life. And in that regard... What matters is what you have in your own mind. You cannot change. You can model what other people can think, but it's up to them to change their own mind. So we've kind of got two parts going here. We've got the one part of your mind controlling your life. And, and uh, I can give you an example that's unrelated to death that really, really, I believe, makes the point. Brian and I were talking about it this morning earlier uh, about 
two years ago, it will be two years ago in November, I fell and broke my hip. Don't ask me how because it was a freak accident. My bones are fine. And um, just it was a freak thing that happened. And when uh, they did the surgery uh, on, a, on a Sunday night, so the surgery was over sometime between 5 and 7 at night, and they give you all these drugs, and they keep you kind of out of it. I don't like drugs. I will tell you why. I don't like drugs because they disconnect me from God. I'll be quite frank with you. That I, have, I do not want drugs because they, they just change my whole vibration frequency. And so I don't want them. And uh, I knew I didn't want them. But on the other hand, you know, they're giving me, you know, I'm getting all this this pain stuff and everything and it did hurt I'm going to I'm not going to say to you it didn't hurt but my you know I was alive and I was starting to move already and so on Tuesday morning which was probably about 20 you know maybe 30 hours after the surgery was over I said no more drugs and they looked at me like I was an absolute idiot because you know what am I saying, you know, why, or, or a masochist, you know, that I was going to take this pain. And I just said, no, it's fine. I, I'm going to breathe through it. And they looked at me like I was an idiot. But sure enough, when, it would, when, I would, when the pain would get in my mind, and it did occasionally, I would breathe through it. And it, it did get in my mind like when they wanted me to first stand up. They, you know, you start walking the first day and then the pain would get in my mind and I would take three deep breaths and breathe through it and center myself and turn it over to God, release the pain to God. And it's amazing, folks. I didn't take anything but an occasional Tylenol. You know, not with codeine or anything, just a straight Tylenol to deal with that pain. And uh, from that point on, I did not. And that's because it was in my mind. But part of what we're talking about today has to do not only with what's in your mind, but what's in the mind of the other people around you. And you, you are not necessarily going to be able to change their minds and cause them to believe as you choose to believe that life can be endless. In this human form, your body can exist as long as you let your mind stay open to the infinite possibilities of life. It truly can. But you can't make that change for someone else. And they've got to put it in their mind. So there's really two parts to that. And that's why I treated it... Go ahead, please. I'd like to expand on that very last point that you made because this is a very important aspect to remember. Everything you said is absolutely true. That... You can indeed choose it for yourself. You can indeed choose longevity and vitality for long beyond the current mindset of the populace. And without someone standing up and doing that for themselves and becoming the example, we could say that it becomes impossible for anyone else to believe. And so although you can't force another to choose that for themselves. Without you choosing it for yourself, it becomes impossible for anyone to make the choice. So by opening the door for yourself, you make it very possible for others to choose it for themselves. And so and that's modeling not the it. aspect. Exactly. Yeah, modeling it. And and that doesn't mean being silent. So like I said, for years now, uh, I'm now 60, and when people ask me how long I'm go- I expect to live, uh, you know, because it looks like the aging process has slowed down a little bit in me. I make the comment, you know, oh, more than 50 years, always more than 50 years. And so that hasn't changed, and I've been saying that since I was about, I don't know, 38 or so. So um, maybe even before that, I said, I said it at a time because that seemed like a long time. And, and I'm still saying the same number. I've never cut back on it like I've somehow reached that goal. But I say that aloud to people. But, you, you know, so if you make the decision for yourself, you then need, you should talk about it. Because it's, you don't need, you're not the exception. 
you know, you're not the exception. You, you are actually can become the rule, but the only way, as Brian was just saying, people can recognize the rule that this is a possibility is for there to be verbalization or talking about it. And yet people don't like to talk about death. And, and that's really, really a hot-button item. You know, uh, as you all know, or those of you who were listening last week know my mom um, nearly died a week ago Saturday morning. And uh, it, was, it was a very, very frightening time. And, uh, and now she's, she's well, and, and it's amazing how quickly, thanks to modern medicine, people's lives can turn back to health. And I don't know what her life choices are. I, I talk to her about mine. I'm very open about my thoughts with her. But I know that I lost, I lost a bit of my peace during those times. And, you know, I would say this um, chant that I had, but I, I just, I was allowing my fear of my mother dying to block God as much as I was al- I, as those drugs would block God. And it, it was, it took several days of sitting in the hospital, you know, with my mother there and, and, re- and, and coming home at night very late and being exhausted, all of those things that are not good for, for the spirit nor the, the body because the body does influence, it does block the spirit from being connected at times because fear is huge. And I finally, I finally uh, just said, you know what, God, what lesson is there in this for me? Because I don't want to ever feel this way again. I can't be disconnected from God because of my fear of not having my mother in my life. Because I know that she would be there in memories, but just the fear component of it was huge. And I kept, I was struggling. It was like I had to do something to make it not happen. And yet death occurs at the precise moment that a human being has made, or any being, death occurs at the precise moment that a being has decided to leave this life. And that is not influenced by me. You know, there's nothing I can do to change that moment. That That is a decision between the human being, their essence, and, and love, or God. And in coming to that realization that that this pain that I was going to feel, I agree with Brian, there's, there was certainly nothing pleasant about all of that. And it wasn't bringing out the most pleasant parts of all the people around us either, you know, because everyone was afraid. And when you're afraid, I, you often don't act as, at your highest self. I can pretty much say that I bet when you're afraid, 99.9% of the time you're not your highest self. And um, because you're forgetting to reach out your right hand and take the hand of God. And that's finally what I did on Thursday morning. Um, is I just said, you know what, God, I'm going to say I'm not up to speed right now to make decisions. I'm not up to speed to be my fullest, full self. And I just really need your help. And so I'm going to reach out my hand and be with me today. I, I just can't keep going like that. And I'm lucky that I know where I leave my peace. I really am lucky. But there's that side of death that the people around you, over whom all you can do is model your beliefs. And the answer there is the same as, in my, I've come to realize the answer there is the same as the answer for how long I will live. And that answer is don't let the fear get in your mind. Indeed. That is the component that blocks life. Fear is equal to death. Because fear is mm-hmm. always restrictive. Whenever we're feeling, whenever we're in the grips of fear, we always feel like we're being restricted and constricted 
and we might breathe shallow. We might really feel tense, which is all manifestations of restriction and to some extent. And that is a aspect of fear. And fear is not natural. You see, whenever we're feeling pain, whenever we're suffering, that's not natural to who you are. And the only reason you're experiencing that is because you're experiencing fear. And when we can release our fear and come back to peace, then immediately, no matter how much we were being gripped by fear, we come back into a peaceful place. And peace is our essential way of being. It's not something that we have to strive for. It's not something that we have to learn to experience. Rather, we just have to let go of fear, which was not natural in the first place. And in the relinquishment of fear, we immediately experience peace. Yes. So it comes to the analogy that I like to share. We all talk about peeling away the layers of the onion. But no, it's not about peeling away the layers of the onion. Because it's only in surrounding ourselves with fear in our own minds that makes it ourselves, our true essence, be covered up, that covers up our peace. And so when we release the fear, peace is inevitable. So when we stop struggling to make things happen the way we think they should happen, and we allow life to happen the way that it is happening, and we accept it for exactly what it is, without throwing out any conditions as to what it should be, then we start to flow with life and we release our judgments and fears and find ourselves in peace and wonderment once again. Because when we're no longer trying to inflict upon the world our own desires and only experiencing pain and suffering when those desires do not come into manifestation, I tell you, the only time you ever are upset is when life doesn't flow the way you think it should. But when you can accept life the way it flows, the way it's flowing, then there's no disagreement. There's nothing to be upset about. But we have to release our fears and judgments and the way we think life should look like and accept life fully for what it is. And when we do that, we could never experience, ever experience pain or suffering of any kind. Yes. Yes. In fact, for those who are listening, uh, I want to invite you to send me an email, and I will send you a copy by email, an e-draft, I guess they call it, or something, um, of uh, my book, Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You. I wrote it a long time ago with love, but we, I meditate with uh, every week uh, to a passage of it, and what's coming up this Friday is so interesting, I want to share it with you. Fear hides the light. You are never alone. You are never forgotten. You are of the Divine One's body. Trust in the Divine One. Trust you are loved. And that is, you know, such such a huge thing to do. Uh, and because we have such a concept of needing to be fully occupied. Uh, occupied by the television, by friends, never alone. Never alone. And yet the most momentous moments of your life will occur when you dare to be sitting alone with God and trust that you are loved just as you are. Brian is going to be going into this church, and I imagine he'll leave probably a minute before we're over, or two minutes, so he can go into the church, and so maybe even more earlier. Brian, when do you plan to leave? After the show. Oh, okay, you're going to stay the whole 20 minutes. Great. Okay, sure. we've, got tw- we've got 20 more minutes here, folks. 
And what I was going to suggest was let's begin and do a little bit of meditation together today so that we center ourselves and pull ourselves away from fear, make ourselves not afraid of the word death, but instead accept that all that happens in life is a product of what we think about it. And that even if our human form chooses to leave this life to stop functioning that our essence lives on there is no hell there is no place where you're going to go and burn up there is no purgatory where you're going to linger your essence will simply return to that from which it came to love to God I believe that's what Jesus meant when he said we are of the body and the body is one. It wasn't that everyone was Christian because he was a Jew. We are of the body and the body is one. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do a little meditation. What I would like to suggest is is I do the beginning warm-up and then, Brian, you will step in. Is that good for you? Wonderful. Okay. And I'm going to use, um, I'm trying to look for here, I'm going to use uh, Coyote's Nest. It's about five minutes. And what we're going to do, my friends, is we've talked today where we centered. Now we're going to center until we leave. And so Brian will take, uh, take us down to the last moments, and then I will probably put on the happy music so that we remember that it's all about Hello Light. Light is so beautiful. God is there waiting. So we're going to start with Kyoto Nest, and then I'm going to play um, for Brian Interstellar, Solar Wind Interstellar. I need to send you that one too, Brian. I forgot. Okay, so let's start with Kyoto Nest. And if you could all just get into a very comfortable spot. Get to a place where you can breathe deeply. And I want you to pull in fresh breath. And as you pull it in, pull it in as though it's coming up through your feet. Up the front of your calves. Up your thighs. And now it's going to merge together at your, your base chakra, your zone of fear. And I want you to feel your base chakra lightening up with this great, clear, fresh breath. And I believe in sipping. My experience has been when people take one long, deep breath, they often focus on their breath to the exclusion of the benefit of the breath. So let's take a sip as we cross. And now we're going to have a fearless breath moving through the the sacral chakra the zone of creativity and we're going to load up our breath with creativity and move into the solar plexus the zone of healing the beautiful yellow energy of the solar plexus healing is going to now become part of our breath and we'll move our fearless creative healing breath up to our heart and thrust back your your shoulders Feel your heart opening up and a beautiful green light coming from you as you infuse your breath with love for yourself and others. Come now to your throat chakra, the zone of painful words. In our human society, this is where we carry the most pain anymore. Fewer weapons, more harsh words. Let's forgive ourselves the words that we've spoken and others the words they've spoken to us as we now pull the energy, the breath up to the zone of manifestation, to your mind, in your third eye. And it is there that we all carry the ability to project the wonder of life around us to bring to us that which we need to survive and that which we desire. 
the zone of manifestation. And now pull your breath up and allow your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath to infuse going through your crown chakra and have it become one with God. And as you do that, reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God, of love, as you blow out all of the negative energy that you've collected in your breath and you blow it out and return it to the earth from whence it came. And now as you sit here today, I want you to focus on a long, enduring life, a healthy life, a life that surpasses all time as you have imagined in the past, a life that is accepting. And I want you to allow the doubts about that life to roll down your shoulder, down your arm, and be released into the hand of love. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am infinite. Now I want you to begin manifesting yourself as someone who talks about long life, not short life. And know that as you do that, you will have the hand of God holding your hand with you always. And I'm going to now put on music for Brian. I can get down to it, excuse me. Solar Wind Interstellar. Brian? Thank you, Mara. Thank you. Now with this image of releasing our fears and doubts, offering them up to God, And having them be taken, giving us the freedom from the burden of the experience. And in this act, there is now a space within us that was filled by this fear, by this doubt and worry. Let us now ask of sorts, of God, of life, of love, to be infilled with love, with peace, with the recognition of the truth of who we are. opening ourselves up to the receipt of this gift from source, allowing it, accepting it, enjoying it, letting it fill us from the top down, entering in through our crown chakra. filling us as it expands and moves down into our third eye and filling our sight and our mind with this awareness of truth, of love, of beauty, the recognition of who we are. And as it moves down, continuing to enter 
to the top of our head, moving down into our throat chakra. We feel a feeling of the truth. And we can now speak the truth to everyone more freely than before. We can make a declaration that living 300 more years is not out of the realm of possibility. And as we speak of more truth, life is indeed eternal, will become our experience. As this energy, this realization, moves down further into our shoulders, into our arms and hands, down into our hearts. We feel this love. We feel it expanding. We feel it pumping and coursing throughout our body. And as we breathe, we feel ourselves taking in slush into our lungs and releasing and sharing it with everyone as we breathe out, bringing us into connection with one another, realizing our innate oneness. And it moves down into our solar plexus, into our gut. We feel the truth of this love. We recognize the surety of this truth, of this experience, giving us the strength and the courage to live it, to embody it manifested in our experience. And now, as we move down, making its way into the second chakra, our sacral chakra, the place of pure creativity. It begins to take form in our lives. We might see as we look in the mirror, a younger, more exuberant look in our eyes, giving proof, showing truth that we are beginning to accept this love from God, from source, from life. And as we begin to see that gleam in our eyes, we will as well feel it within our body. And then it will take form and manifest in the physical appearance of our body. And this indeed that we are accepting now is the fountain of youth. And now as this energy makes its way down, down into our root chakra, the base of our spine, the spine being which gives life to the whole physical body. Every nerve goes from the spine outward. as we take this truth into our spine, it gets sent back up to the spine, back up to the top of our head, as we make a circular connection, continually accepting and being infilled 
this light and releasing it back into the universe. Having a continuous flow. Making a declaration and a promise to ourselves now that we will not, again, break this union. Break this circle. We will allow it to flow freely without restraint and without restriction. And the moment that we recognize and realize any amount, even in the slightest, of fear entering our mind and being felt throughout our body, that all that is taking place is we are pinching or squeezing the flow of this peaceful, uniting energy. And all we need to do is simply breathe and relax and allow this blockage to be opened up and removed and allowed to flow once again. And in that experience, the immediate influx of peace of love and joy will return. Let us not forget it. That's only in our decision to be fearful that we can block the experience of love. And in relinquishing our fear, love returns without resistance. Without even a prayer, asking it to return. Simply in the re relinquishment of fear that it fills us naturally. And now, as we sit with it, truth feeling it deep within inside of us. Let us take three full breaths into the nose and out of the mouth. Breathing in life, love, vitality, and spinning it back out for everyone else to experience. Feeling now the joy of the truth of who we are and the truth that we are indeed connected to source. And only at times seem to experience a blockage from source, but are never truly lost. And that's beautiful. Yes, we're never alone. We're always all one. Isn't it wonderful? It is wonderful. <laughs> yes, it is. I love this song, too. My friends, just reach out your hand and take the hand of God when you're afraid. You'll be, you won't be afraid anymore. Ask yourself what lesson is there in this for me and release the fear to God. Know that you are enough just as you are. We are so pleased to have you join us and spend this time with us. And Brian, I do hope that your training, uh, or your meetings today, your getting to know people go wonderfully. Peace be with you now and always take care. Brian? Thank you, Mara. Thank you, listeners. Carry this truth with you as you go through the day. And bless yourself and others with it. Your influence and embodiment of it. Be blessed. Well, namaste. Namaste.
You are unique, created, divinely inspired. Remember, you're just who you need to be. Peace be with you all. Take care and have a lovely week, lovely holiday tomorrow. Be sure and listen to Brian's meditation every day and mine on Friday. You get a double whammy. Thank you, Brian, very much. Now go about your business.